Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Carbon Paintball. I'm sure you've seen this giant orange sea all over the place now. They have uh, they've been sponsoring the webcast on uh, on Go Sports with uh, with all kinds of gear. You can see it up there. They have the the SE pack that has the the air cushion. Um, the air com- it, it, it can pretty much conforms to whatever back you have, whether it's you know a crazy weird shaped one like mine, or uh, you know whatever back you have. It's a little air pump, and it, and it pretty much conforms to your lower back. It's it's very very comfortable. Uh, they've had me try one out before, and uh, it was cool. I mean, th- all those guys over there are awesome. The product is amazing. What I use is the top layer and the bottom layer. The, the, the base layers pretty much those are the ones that have the uh, the compression with the arm and knee pads in them amazing stuff I mean this is uh, once I was handed this equipment I, I I didn't let it go I've been playing with it ever since and uh, and there's a good reason for that I mean it's it's great product uh, it keeps me warm when I need it to be it keeps me cool when I need it to be it really does uh, it does everything so uh, if you need any information Go ahead and head to CarbonPaintball.com, and if you type in the promo code capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order, so uh, so that's pretty cool. So thank you to Carbon Paintball. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, the headgear master, uh, Mike. He has some amazing uh, patterns and quality of work that, uh, that he does is, is just great. You know, uh, I wear one of his pack bands um, that I collaborated with him on. I wear the uh, the American flag one on my pack. I'll have pictures up uh, uh, up on my Instagram and Facebook. But um, he makes headbands, he makes head wraps, and all of his stuff is uh, is low qual low quantity runs. I believe it's like ten or less. So so there's not very many of these made. He also loves to do custom stuff. So uh, make sure you give him a shout. Uh, on his uh, on his Facebook page, Charm City Paintball, and then make sure you keep up to date on uh, on the Instagram, uh, Charm City Paintball as well. So thank you, Mike at uh, at Charm City. We are also brought to you by CK Fight Life, also known as Contract Killer. These guys are killing it in the game with uh, the laser engraving, the the detail, and the uh, the the graphics that they're 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 coming out with are are so sweet. Uh, I might just get mine laser engraved. Uh, we're thinking of some designs right now, but uh, but I mean I know uh, Sam Monville and yeah yeah and some other guys from the uh, the Houston Heat camp. They have a lot of their stuff done, and it's it's just amazing work. Um, if you, if you want to see any of their th- any of their product uh, paintball wise or jujitsu wise, go ahead and and, uh, and head to ckfightlife.com. And uh, or you can give Tony a call, and uh, his number is there. It is nine five one two one nine five zero four five. Ask for Tony, and uh, you know, bug him about the laser engraving, uh, bug him about the paintball stuff, bug him about jujitsu stuff. But you can check it out, uh, ckfightlife.com. And last but not least, I know I say that all the time, but. We are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, and it just so happens that uh, we have Jack Woods, or Jack Wood, on the podcast. 
Um, but Planet Eclipse makes the most amazing markers, and he is the reason, he's one of the big reasons uh, behind that. He's the mechanical engineer for Planet Eclipse, and um, he's uh, the man, you know, he, he's a part of a company that has been changing the face of paintball and, and, and changing the, the uh, you know, the requirements of what a marker needs to do or what needs to happen or, the, you know, he's been raising the bar with Planet Eclipse and and uh, these guys have been, you know, in, what's the, what's the word I want to say? Revolutionary in the game? I mean, the, the LV series, the uh, the Geos, the, just in the way that they, the way that they handle themselves with the techs and the customer service, it's, it's just great. And um, if you guys want to see any of their awesome markers, you can head over to planeteclipse.com. And, uh, and check out all the markers they've ever came out with. They also have soft goods, pants, packs, uh, jerseys, t-shirts, all the swag. But, um, but yeah, this, this episode is with Jack Wood. And uh, it, was, it was really cool hearing how he kind of... Uh, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> Here's the uh, podcast with Jack The one, the only, Jack Wood. What's going on? Hello. Good, how are you? I'm doing good since it's like yeah. 6.15 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, what, almost almost noon for you over there, huh? Yep, yep, just after 11. So, uh, yeah, been up for a while now. Yeah. Yep. How's uh, how's the weather? Sunshine? Because I remember we talked a few days ago, and you know how I was saying it was oh, kind yes. of cold outside, and it was a possibility yep. that, yeah, it definitely snowed yesterday. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't anything like Minnesota. I talked to uh, my buddy Walker from Minnesota, and he said it snowed eight inches yesterday. And I just... In April. In April. And they were supposed to get four more inches last night. So (laughs) Yeah, no, we've got nice sunshine today, so... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Makes change. First proper sunny day we've had this year. Nice. I've always wanted to go go over to uh, the UK. Never got to. Yeah? You've never been? Never been. Never been. Yeah, maybe we'll have I'll to come for a millennium. I want to, but I just don't have the I don't have the time off of work. That's yeah, the yeah. that's the biggest okay. thing for me. Yeah, but well, yep. I plan on hopefully maybe employing myself here soon, and then I'll just have all the vacation <laughs> yep. time that I want. Fingers crossed. You do whatever you want, whenever <laughs> yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I wanted to uh, no problem. always wanted to know you know kind of this uh, this background story behind uh, behind the the minds at Planet, and uh, you are definitely. Definitely one yeah. of them. Um, so let's get into how you discovered paintball, and then we can obviously that will probably get into the uh, the planet story okay. with yourself. So, uh, so how did yeah, paintball well, come all, up? It's all connected. So um, it's all connected. So it's a it's it's quite a good story, I suppose. In that, um, so my uncle um, was one of the very first people in the UK to bring paintball into the UK. That really? happened when I was yeah yeah like. Um, eight, nine, ten years old. So at the time, we'd, we'd, uh, he had a big house um, out in the countryside. We used to go down there and plink around with the old, you know, we, uh, back then it was actually 50 cal. Um, <laughs> uh, with these guns, you had to pull a thing back, shake it a bit. I can't even remember what they're called now, but they were <laughs> horrendous things. And he had big fields and all grown-up ferns everywhere and uh, brambles and stuff. And we used to play around there yeah. as kids. Um 
And then uh, he had a field, one of the very first fields in the UK. Um, and I used to work there in the summer holidays and, at, um, you know, weekends. Mm-hmm. So I used to cycle probably 12, 13 miles every weekend on my bike at the age of 12 to go and help out the field and, you know, clean guns and yeah. um, load, load up the bags of paint and the tube, well, tubes back then, <laughs> tubes of 10. Um, now, were you enjoying uh, this as, as or were, was this kind of just oh, a absolutely. job for you at the time or were you addicted to it already? No, no, no. This was this was me working so I could have a bag of paintballs at the end of the day. Oh, okay. I didn't trees. know if it was, like was a too, Yeah, yeah. No, no, because I was, I was too young to actually play. So yeah, oh. he just, you know, pay, pay me with a bag of paint to go and, and shoot trees. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was my uh, introduction to it. And then, obviously, over the years, I worked there, worked on his paintball field for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was old enough uh, and a bit later on, he opened a paintball store in Manchester. Uh, which was Manchester Paintball. Um, and uh, that is the store that Leds and Julian, the owners of Planet Eclipse, bought off my uncle. Oh, so gotcha. I was I was working for my uncle uh, and playing with Leds and Julian on what was the Banzai's then, Banzai Bandits. Yeah. Um, uh, my aunt got very sick uh, and uh, she had cancer and died of cancer. Uh, my uncle just wanted to get rid of the business because he, he wanted to stay home and, and uh, look after his wife. Right. Uh, Leds and Julian. Uh, Julian was actually at the time um, like a, a traveling salesman. He had a car, an old Vauxhall Astra with a boot full of uh, paintball gear that he was buying in from the States and, and driving around to the two or three stores in the UK and the paintball fields selling bits of gear. He's already hustling. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's always been like that. <laughs> uh, and and, and Leds was working with me at weekends in my uncle's paintball store mm-hmm. in Manchester. Um, I was still at university at, the, at this point. Uh, by, well, by this point, I was at Manchester University uh, studying engineering. Um, uh, that was going to be my guess. Led, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jules uh, and Leds. Um, Leds was in a job he hated uh, in a, a vehicle leasing company. Jules is already in the paintball industry, uh, mm-hmm. and my uncle wanted to sell a business, and they they bought the business off my uncle. So hmm. that was um, went from Manchester Paintball uh, to Paintball Planet at that point, um, and I was working there already, and I just carried on working there. Yeah. So you were. I finished mix. my studies. Yeah, yeah. I finished yeah. my studies at university. Uh, went for a couple of interviews for real jobs um, <laughs> in in the automotive industry for like Cosworth. Uh, you know, uh, engineering companies, people like that, um, decided that wasn't for me. Didn't really want to leave Manchester because it would have meant, you know, pretty much packing in paintball. Right. Um, and they said, well, carry on working here if you like. Uh, and that was it. So I've been there ever since. Huh. So I, I that basically they bought me with the fixtures and things <laughs> of the company. You, you came with the building, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty much. So, and and that was twenty six years ago, twenty seven years ago. Jeez, it's been that long. So, so my my life in paintballs going been going on for over thirty years now. Wow. So, yeah. Now, what was uh, a long time? Yeah, little little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Was uh, now paintball in the UK compared to paintball in the US um, back then? Was I mean, was it as popular uh, over there, or was it just kind of gaining momentum at this time? Um, it was gaining momentum. It was, you know, in that steady rise, the same as you had it over there. We, we had it over here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, 
same now really we're we're always like a step behind you guys um so uh we were we were buying stuff from the us importing it into the uk and selling it and you know reading the newspapers and magazines newspapers and magazines and trying to find out what the cool stuff was that you guys were using because there was no internet at that time mm-hmm. um and then just ordering it from the stores over there uh, and selling it through our store hmm. now why why do you think that is like because i always think about it and i always think of like um uh russian legion back in the day the the uk teams some of the uh, the international teams and and even even today, right? Everybody says, "Well, the pro levels of everywhere else are like a a semi pro of of the United yeah. States." Like, why do you think yeah. that there's such an imbalance? Is it, do you think the U.S. had kind of the leg up where people were playing it all the time and a lot more than everybody else? Or, I mean, do you think that's what it was? I don't know. I, I think a lot of it's a cultural thing. Um, I think the U.S. is well. Okay, so in the U.K sports in the in uk schools is you know it's a sideline it's something that has to be done because it's part of the school curriculum Mm -hmm. you know the kids need to have so many hours of activity um but it's not something it's not something that people strive to do in school like you you don't have like the, the the college thing you know where you have um if you want to go play football you can go through college just playing football Um, there's nothing like that at all it's sort of a secondary thing where in the in the US it always seems to be sports is a primary thing it's something that everybody who has some yeah yeah pretty much and it's really not the same over here so Hmm. and I think paintballs approach the same way it's something that you do to have a bit of fun it's not something that you want to be the best at where the Americans always come across as you know I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this to the best of my ability and I'm going to train and going to get it really good at it and I want to beat everybody else yeah um and and i do think it's much more a cultural thing rather than uh, um not having the uh infrastructure to do it we could do it over here if we wanted to uh and you know robbo tried to do it with the nexus guys mm-hmm. uh, he tried to change the, the the approach to the the game in the uk you know he went around and selected the best players uh and and had a, a bit of success doing that but there doesn't seem to be the drive or the willingness or or, or the desire for teams in the uk or most of europe to set up that kind of you know that farm system to to bring in the best players and make a a a dedicated team so do you see it happening in the future or do you do you always see it kind of as like you were explaining kind of just this this... i I think so it's a bit more different now because we're we're seeing a, a resurgence in the uk definitely um in um like a club format uh which is a bit different again and, and they're, they're taking uh, kids from a very early age and instead of them going to you know like a soccer camp in the other weekends or mm-hmm. um, uh, you know or in the in the holidays in the vacation in, in the school holidays um, there, there's a, a few places in the UK now where they're doing paintball camps and these really? clubs where they, they have um, obviously have older members as well but the kids are coming in and, and they're uh, being drawn to this uh, as something to do where the, the parents come and they drop them off for the day and they know they're going to get looked after because they've got a bunch of guys there and they do proper training and drilling and all that kind of thing. It's much more structured and regimented. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a potential that in the future, in the next few years, you may see that. And you've got teams like the the Lucky 13s who are coming up at the moment who and, and they run this like farm program where they have a, a, a bunch of teams and they, and they drill the teams up through to their 
what we call the elite over here in the in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they're then going to Europe and they're having good success there. So I think there's a potential for it to uh, certainly uh, get a higher level than than what we've currently had over the last few years. So. Yeah, I I think um, I I, th- I think so too. You know, looking looking at the way everything is running now, I think there's a lot more support for paintball. I feel like my chair just broke. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like there's a lot more support for paintball in in um, obviously having fun, but focusing on uh, getting better. Like uh, you know, some of the pros are putting out training videos, and yeah. um, with the whole BKI thing, and yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot yeah. more uh, content based on just getting better individually yeah you know let alone these camps where you know guys are getting together and playing as a team being able to not just go out and drill your individual skills but you're playing with other guys with similar interests and you know absolutely and and that's what i think even with um like like i said the russian legion i mean those, those guys and that that camp is like dedicated to just making these players that are just yeah just these ro- yeah. I don't want to say robotic. robots. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah. tough because you they, know they I don't were, know what... that's how they that's how they started though. That's what they looked like when they when they used to when when they first hit the scene. That's what when you're watching them play, they look like robots. They did like run, shoot, 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 and it was just like there was no it, there was nothing fluid about it. It was all like I've been told I'm going to run here, I'm going to shoot here for so many seconds, and I'm going to turn the switch here, and then the whole thing just looked orchestrated. It yeah. wasn't you know where you look at a team like dynasty at the time because those were the two big teams head to head constantly mm-hmm. and it, it was much more dynamic and fluid and and everything seemed more up in the air so yeah it's seems... the, the russians seemed drilled into having that particular style and you know what i think changed is that you know when i started watching uh uh, you know, Fedorov and all those other guys who started kind of breaking away from that scene is they obviously had mm-hmm. those fundamental skills, but I think yes. it's when they yeah. started becoming creative. They, their, their creativity started coming out, and I think that's yeah. when the uh, the really, really solid play from, yeah. you know, the Russians started coming out. Yeah. yeah. Enough about yeah. the Russians. But, but like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so so let, let, let's get back to you. So when you... Uh, when the field got, or the, I'm sorry, the um, the store, and it was a yeah. yeah, it was a field as well. They got a, bought a out. field and store, yeah, yeah. Uh, at this time, were you uh, were you tinkering around with uh, with paintball gear and kind of seeing what you can do with it along yeah. with playing? Yeah, so uh, I was at university um, and doing engineering. Had access to uh, uh, the workshops at university, and all the paintball gear that we had at the time was pretty much junk. Yeah. Um, so that's really where I started, just trying to modify things and work out how everything worked. Um, so mechanical engineer. Yeah, mechanical engineer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then, um, obviously, I started pulling things apart, machining bits, see what worked, see what didn't work, uh, and just getting around my head around the the basics and the fundamentals of, of what goes into firing a paintball. Yeah. Um, and and just work from there, and then. Obviously, when we started the company, we didn't have any money at all. Um, so everything was done on a shoestring, and it was, you know, if we had, uh, if we started working on autocockers, we'd do, you know, we'd modify five rams uh, and five three ways and see if they sold. Yeah. Um, and then, well, luckily, we had the Banzai Bandits was the, the the team that that 
we were all based in um, and we were one of the top UK teams. So it, it's actually, you know, from a marketing point of view, it worked really well because we would win an event and everybody go, wow, what guns are you using? And, and then they come to the store the, the weekend after and they, they'd want all the, all the bits that we had. So. Yeah. So yeah, that worked really well. And also because we had, um, um, for a few years, we had a, a mixture of different markers on the team. So we used automags and autocockers. So it was it was quite nice to be able to diversify within the company and have modifications for both guns as well. So yeah. what did we didn't you just do? tie ourselves down to one thing. A cocker. I shot a mag for a few years as well. But yeah. yeah, I shot mainly cockers just because it, you know, so much more mechanical, so many bits moving around and there's more I could do to them and, yeah. and tinker with. So, yeah. For as much as I love knowing how things work and I, I like to tinker too and I you know and, and just figure out how things work and then just trying to tweak things a little bit here and there I yeah, could yeah. I could not wrap my head around enjoying an autococker for some reason I've tried and tried and tried yeah. and it's just I don't know if it's because there's just so many moving parts and then I don't <laughs> like it I'm not a big fan of when shit gets dirty like super nasty oh yeah, yeah. and um yeah. There's there's so yeah. many little they're, they're, they're and an bits. acquired yeah yeah they're an acquired taste and I think it's why um, obviously why the automag did so well because that was like you know you can liken it today I suppose between the like a a poppy valve gun like an LV and a spool valve gun you know mm -hmm. the automag was the original spool valve gun it was all just a tube it's just all enclosed there was nothing you couldn't see anything you couldn't there was nothing external moving right it just went bang when you pull the trigger and you just wipe the outside of it. Mm -hmm. um, so where a cocker, you needed to be on top of it all the time, and you've got bits flying around in front of your face. And, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. definitely a, a, a different philosophy from the two different guns. Yeah, yeah I think one of my, uh, hopefully I'm not offending you when I say this, but one of my favorite guns uh, back in the day was just a, the stock SFT shocker, just a tube. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, that was that was one of my favorites. And then uh, when, when the Intimidator came along, I, started sh I shot a GZ uh, Intimidator, yeah. Ground Zero Intimidator, and then 2000, let's see, it was 2005, because I got on Excessive on 2004, and we were shooting whatever at that point, and then uh, 2005 yeah. is when you guys came out with the uh, the first yeah. version of the, uh, the ego. of the Ego, and then that was yeah. just, it was it was lights out for me after that, because I, I enjoyed yeah. Intimidator so much, and that resembled um, the marker that I wanted to shoot, even though, and I don't know why it bothers people so much just to have that moving bolt up there. I was like, I like it. it yeah, makes, yeah. It makes me feel like, I don't know what it yeah, is. Like it's but doing something. It's it, like, you, yeah, you know, it's working. It's helping in a <laughs> yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, yeah, it's just reassuring, isn't it? It's reaffirming that yeah. something's actually happening when you pull the trigger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it makes me, yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. me feel cool when I can like take the bolt out and look at it and just <laughs> put it back in. Yeah. But um, we'll get into that because those things shoot amazing, and I, I really want to yeah. know kind of the story behind those. And yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay. Probably you've obviously heard. You know, I've I praise them. So, uh, but I know you're you're single handedly responsible for bringing the uh, the ego <laughs> the LV back into the pro NXL, aren't you? I th I think so. I think there was a point. There was a I think there was a point where I was the only one the only left person. shooting one. Yeah, and I yeah, and then then this season there's loads of them out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was amazed in Vegas how many how many of the pros were shooting LVs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very heartwarming. So, it's, yeah, thank well, you for that. I think absolutely. Um, I believe <laughs> in the product, man, and I and I I think a lot of people 
obviously you guys make amazing product regardless but uh, but i think what a lot of people do is they get wrapped up in the the new and the shiny and, yeah. and the nostalgia the yeah. of 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 things yeah and yeah. um and i and i think a lot of people were like well why don't you change this on on the lv or why don't you do this yeah. on the ego and change this i was like yeah yeah it, it's not or especially when you guys came out with the lvr I, i've heard i heard a lot of negative feedback on the lvr and i'm like okay there's not much else that they can do to it that I know of right now besides taking more meat yeah. off. But it's it, it's something that's not broken, and why kind of fix it? I mean, yeah. there's, and there's only so much you can do to it, especially – and we had talked before on like – everybody's like, well, why don't you get, get rid of that little gas through and this and that? I was like, okay, well, if you get rid of the yeah. gas through, the grip's going to be thicker. It's going to be a different feel. Um, yeah. y- you have to pretty much reorchestrate the way that the airflow is through the marker yeah is yeah just, absolutely yeah it's not a minor thing exactly exactly yeah. and i'm like it's not people it's just something. think that we, we have this constant running joke here because leds comes in all the time saying why don't you do this and it's <laughs> oh yeah we'll just push the uh push the do this button on the computer yeah it's like uh, why, don't, why don't you get rid of the hose on the lv oh, okay I'll, I'll, I'll just press the delete the hose button on the <laughs> mm-hmm. on the on the 3d cad program there you go it's done but See, no it's not it's like months years of work to do something like that i can't even i can't uh, even imagine yeah yeah but uh, i i think a lot of people were complaining about it because i i notice a lot of people whenever they and whenever they they shoot left-handed or even some people right-handed is they like to throw their thumb underneath the underneath the body on that on that foregrip on that red yeah and for me i, I just i feel like i don't have a good stable base whenever my thumb is underneath but if i have it on the side there um i I feel like i have a good base and and now my pinky doesn't even come close to that gas through but if people put their thumb underneath i feel like it kind of pushes everything down yeah but if you shoot goofy like that don't complain because that's the way you shoot so um (laughs) (laughs) but uh before we get into the lv and the and the new cs2s and everything like that um i want to run through so were you the mind behind the e-blade um, so the, the e-blade came about, um, we, we, we spent years and years modifying other people's products. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, obviously we did accessories, uh, yeah, right. accessories and custom versions. Oh, so okay. we had eclipse cockers, uh, eclipse automags, eclipse shockers. We did loads and loads of different stuff. Um, and we got tired of making other people's products better. <laughs> uh, and we got tired of being screwed around by all the other manufacturers who would change something on a whim, mm-hmm. uh, and then you, what we'd done wouldn't work anymore. You're or on everybody else's together. Terms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or we'd get, you know, we'd, we'd get 50 parts delivered from um, a company in the U.S. because everything was made in the U.S. pretty much, and they get delivered over. We'd spend a fortune machining them, anodizing them, finishing them, making all the parts for them. Then you come to screw them together and they don't fit together because they've sent you like some bits of the machines, you know, six months ago and some bits of the machine this month. And now these don't, don't fit. And mm-hmm. then you're, you're out like thousands, thousands of dollars of cash um, and a load of parts you can't build and guns you can't sell. Yeah. Um, so what we did is we took on Steve Monks, whose nickname is Flash, who works here now, um, uh, who also played on the band's eyes at the time. Uh, and we took him on. His uh, background is in uh, like processes, systems, handling, uh, 
like conveyor belts and things that do things on conveyor belts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he wanted to get out of his job, uh, and we needed uh, an electronics person. We decided if we're going to, if we wanted to do something ourselves, we needed somebody in house to do all the circuit boards, all the programming. As the person had to be somebody new paintball because mm-hmm. everything that was out there at the time, all the electronic stuff that's out there, the, you had uh, a company making you know, the, the, the gun, and then they had another company outside of paintball making the electronics because nobody in, in paintball knew the electronics at the time to control everything. Yeah. Uh, and they were very fragile. They had tiny little tracks on the board. The wiring was really flimsy and just broke all the time as soon as you took it apart the first time. And so we wanted to uh, be the, the first people to design something for paintball by paintballers. Everybody in the team was a paintballer. Yeah. Uh, so we brought on Steve, uh, and uh, what we said is, tell you what, there's, we'll, we'll have a little tryout. Rather than going straight into making our own gun, we'll try and do a little project, uh, maybe sell you know, 100, 200 of these things, just make sure that our process were good enough and that, uh, and that we've got the, the electronics nailed mm-hmm. before we go on to making our own gun. So we said, tell you what, we'll make an electronic frame for an autococker because it seems like a good thing. The autococker was still big at the time. Yeah, yeah, a little side project. We'll we'll sell a couple of hundred of them. About a hundred thousand units later, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're still yeah. making these things and going. Come on, guys, we really need to start making our own gun here. <laughs> yeah, so, they were very um, popular. Yeah, very very popular. And obviously, sorry, I'm just gonna grab my drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're making me thirsty. All that coffee you drink. I know. I gotta <laughs> my energy. Oh. Trying to keep awake. Um, yeah, so um, uh, so yeah, they were very very popular. Obviously, War Games. We we signed a licensing deal with War Games, uh, and that was huge. They took them. They they took our electronics and put them into their own guns, uh, and it was a great product for us. Uh, but again, that that worked its way through to the point where even working with War Games at the time, you know, we'd get stuff that didn't fit and didn't work, and it was becoming frustrating and. Mm-hmm. Quantities were getting bigger, but it was becoming more and more hassle. Uh, and we just felt we it, at that again, it was just time to make that step, make that change, and and have more control of our own destiny. Um, yeah. Uh, and that resulted in the ego. So that was the first ego. So with that, a lot of the electronics that were in the ego came straight from the uh, the e blade. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So how long? So was... it, when you're saying it is when you come back to your original question, yeah. was, it, was it, it? It it was a it was a conscious decision to do the e-blade, uh, but it was never it was never designed to be as big as it was. Right. It, it was something that just ran away and we, it just blew our minds. And obviously, it was amazing for us because it gave us a massive, rock solid foundation to then go on and do the ego. Mm-hmm. So rather than trying to do the ego on a shoestring, uh, it had taken the it had elevated the company so high and put Planet Eclipse in everybody's mind right across the world that when we came with the ego, we already had that that base and that foundation to work from yeah uh, financially and uh, you know from a, a marketing point of view yeah it was a great that's stepping sure. stone that's for sure yeah, yeah, yeah you, did, did you have i mean you had to have had some kind of inkling that it might have been popular just for the fact that you know markers were starting to get faster and maybe that people were like hey the, well i guess people would question it because i mean a lot of people if they were shooting autocockers they obviously wanted to be shooting manual and if you know if they saw this electronic frame, they'd be like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm sure you guys yeah, going out there it, and just blowing was, people off the field. It, it was it was just a strange one. It was just um, 
we honestly didn't know, had no idea it was going to be as big as it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it helped. There were so many autococks uh, out there. Yeah. Like hundreds of thousands of autococks out there. So it was one of those things where somebody could pick up and go, oh, I've got an old autococker. I'm going to stick this on. This looks fun. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly they can bring an old gun that they may, may, may not have used for a few years back to life again. Yeah. And then yeah. You, you, you've got the, you, you put it in the hands of a pro team and then they go and start winning stuff with it. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it, it it was a nice, it was a nice project. Uh, it it would just blow our minds how popular it was at the time. But thankfully, it was because it, it gave us a great start. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching a video when I was young. Um, it was one of the mo- one of the fastest shooting paintball markers <clears throat> that I've ever seen. It was an autococker yeah, yeah. with yeah. <laughs> with the knee blade on. I know it, I was, it was like, ridiculous. Oh yeah, God. yeah. Because at the time, because obviously the Halo had just come out as well. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You put those two together, it was ridiculous. It just yeah. changed the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stupid. That was the start of the wars, really. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there it is. You guys, you guys yeah. are the complete reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, who at Planet, or was it somebody else who designed the the logo? As simple as it is, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's like a Nike swoosh or you know the Adidas yeah. bars or whatever like that. Like, who was yeah. the mind behind just the simple E? Just the E. Yeah. No idea. No clue. <laughs> no. Uh, we, we've got, uh, it, it probably would have been Paul. So we have Paul Woods here. So we have a lot of, I'm Jack Wood. I was no going to say, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of Woods. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a popular name around this part of the UK. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've got Al and Paul, uh, who are brothers, uh, and they pretty much uh, do all the marketing, all the media, um, all our advertising. They also design all the soft goods, the bags, everything. So they're, uh, those two guys do all of that. Uh, Paul started with us um, oh, probably 15, 16 years ago now. And then Al joined us in the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Al w- actually worked in the uh, media and marketing department for Manchester United uh, soccer team. Oh, wow. So he's got a, he's got a great uh, background in, you know, branding and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and how it how it comes out and then translating some of that from like obviously a massive global multi-billion pound company to us is, is nice yeah uh and then uh paul does all the website design he's he's a designer and like genius when it comes to having those logo ideas yeah. like i say simplifying something to the point of just being a, an image rather than a load of text yeah uh, and just making it stick in people's minds and, you know, they come up with all the, um, you know, when we decide to rebrand and it, like everything's, we're obviously green and black now. So that was them, right? We just need to, you know, go with a, a, a color palette that we just goes over everything we do. Every right. logo, every every piece of marketing has that that same look to it. So that's those guys. And nothing to do with me. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to pick the colors of the guns anymore. Ooh. So I, I come in and go, I go, Oh, this color combination is amazing, and they just say, "Put that down. That's not your department." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, That's funny. pretty sad. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I like my, I like my base colors. My my all black. My my. Yeah. And are you are you more of a a, a matte finish or a a gloss finish guy? Uh, matte. Me too. Matte. Yeah. We we have a we have a people ask us to do gloss guns all the time, but we have a real problem with it. So. We we haven't done gloss for years and years now, yeah. um, just because the, the process is so dirty, the, the polishing process. Yeah. Um, and also, once you polish it, 
has to be handled so carefully otherwise it's the the surface marks if it marks before anodizing then it, it you've got a product that's you know anodized a really nice glossy color or splash and it's got like a scratch on the surface so it's it's mm-hmm. really hard to process it and it's just so 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 much more time consuming yeah it's a pain so in the we, we, yeah it is yeah it's not worth it <laughs> um, but we do get asked for real time oh i bet i bet yeah well i know that um uh one question that I want to ask, even though I already know the answer, but I don't think a lot of people might not know, um, how do you guys do the custom markers, the uh, the custom designs on the markers? How do you guys, how, what is that process like? Because I know for me, at first, I thought it was a dip, but it's but it's not yeah. a dip. No. No, so it is, it's like, it's, um, it's basically like inkjet printing. So it, it's literally a giant inkjet printer uh the ink in it is the dye so what we do is we take um so you take the body of the gun mm-hmm. um we'll just uh it goes off to the anodizers has all the pores opened in the uh in the aluminium uh that's all opened up and it gets shipped back to us we put it in the printing machine um and it's literally like printing a piece of paper uh you take the body you lay it down uh under the printing head or on the printing bed Printer go, print heads go across it, print the design on it, uh, and that's it. Flip it over, print the other side, then it goes back to the anodizers, and they seal it all. Hmm. So, uh, one at a yeah. time, or is this multi, multiple bodies at once? Um, we, 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 I think the um, we can do one at a time. We like Leds has got his own one. I, I've done the individual ones for me, but we, I think we can do up to like twelve at a time. We try and do twelves. Uh, mm-hmm. The bed takes twelve bodies at a time. So. Right. It seems like a process too. I mean, that that's it seems it, it like is, a very a straightforward, but man, I yeah, there's a lot of a lot of shipping back and forth, and it's very time consuming because the you know we have two collections and deliveries a week from the anodizers, so you know each time it has to go off, it has to have the pores open, then it has to wait probably a week for it to come back, then mm-hmm. it has to be printed, then it has to wait to go to the back to the anodizer the next delivery, and then so just that printing process alone probably takes close to three weeks. Yeah. With yeah. all the tune and frame from the analyzers. Jeez. And yeah, can, it's not. I, I can see why now because you guys had a you guys had a minimum uh, order yeah. whenever I had because I, I I did the uh, I think I had three custom uh, custom markers from you guys and yeah. I can see now why there was a set number that were made. Yeah, yeah. You put yeah. them all in the uh, in the machine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about uh, the plus? Plus, you can guarantee that I don't know if it ever happened to you, but it can guarantee that. At least one will have a fault with it. So if you do one or two, you may you may actually end up with zero. <laughs> so and then you you never find that out until you're actually building it at the end. Yeah. So. See, I like those little imperfections. See, yeah. I, that's I, I like yeah. those little. Th- I like finding those things. Like for me, when I when I uh, had the the one markers made, I don't know what it was, but I would look. I would stack them up. Like let's say I got three or four in or whatever, and I'd look at them. And instead of opening each one up to figure out which one I wanted to shoot, I would just pick out the one of the random serial numbers that I enjoyed looking at the best. <laughs> and I pick, yeah. I'd be like, all right, that's the one I'm going to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a weirdo. I don't know. I, oh, I, I do that with car registrations. So if I'm getting oh, yeah. a new car, then I'll go in and ask for the list of registrations that they have so I can pick the best one. <laughs> and you know what I always yeah, did? Similar. And it started with your guys' markers was um, – and I think this is what kind of got me into um, 
mechanics and, and the way anything mechanical works is every time I got a new marker in, and I do this to this day, um, I would set the manual aside and I would take it completely apart. I mean, down to the, I would take the reg <laughs> apart, I would take everything apart, and then I would put it all back together again. And obviously it would shoot because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but but uh, I would do that each year and I would see um, what you guys have changed. And I think that's what's yeah. cool is I've known the inside and out of, mm-hmm. of whether it yep. be a Geo or an LV or an Ego each each year. And that's always been a yeah. thing for me though is being able to, to work on my own. And I've always, I've always tinkered. I, I, I wasn't as much as you can tinker with the LV one. I, yeah. I was never really big on super tweaking all the settings on the board. Yeah. yeah even yeah. on the, uh, yeah. the plug um, controls and stuff. Yeah. 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 I would only do, yeah. I would only do a little bit, but it was more like I would switch over to the light rammer and then maybe, uh, I would, I would mess with the trigger for sure. And then yeah. I would uh, I, I would set the the solenoid um, those I yeah. would set down just a little bit and then I would tinker with the LPR even though it yeah. um, even though it's just a little bit I mean it made a big difference for me and I felt yeah, yeah. more in control it was like driving and then shooting uh, semi auto on top of that it felt like I was driving a stick shift instead of yeah. driving a a, a, a uh, an automatic yeah. you know what I mean yeah and I think that's yeah. why I'm and so the, much and, a and it, of that. I think. If you take that time to do that, then you get a connection with the with the, the gun as well. Mm-hmm. It feels it feels like it's more yours. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that's what people now and kids nowadays with with the ramping markers and it's pretty much a tournament player in a box. And why I'm such I I, I try and push it now more than anything is I feel like there's so much more of a skill set to be able to shoot in semi-auto and be able to hold a lane. And, mm-hmm. and and I feel like the guns, honestly, I feel like they shoot so much better. At least the LVs shoot so much better in semi-auto, instead of yeah. this instead of this ramping. And uh, I feel like if you bring that back in, I feel like the markers are going to shoot better. I feel like the uh, the skill set that you need just to shoot a paintball marker will come back. There won't be any more. Yeah. And people are probably tired of me hearing this, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> but it, it, like you won't have people just sitting there who don't have those skills to maybe gunfight. Yeah. I mean, I remember it used to be gunfighting all the time. I mean, no matter yeah. where you were, you were gunfighting because you were trying to control somebody with a volume of paint that you physically had to shoot out of your yeah, marker. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and yeah, you have to do that while you're holding the the marker. Yeah. Now That's why I say it's not. It's just that. Yeah. 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 Now it's just that, and yeah. it's not. It's yeah. not a skill anymore. It was like, why is it such a factor? Why is it such a skill that you need to shoot down? Like, try it. Yeah. Try it, and I will yeah. go against you, and then see how well you do. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just, it, I think it's a night and day and difference. And it, it, it is a skill. It is yeah. a skill. Uh, unfortunately, though, because, I mean, back in the day, shooting autococcus and automags, it was, it was even more of a skill. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because yeah. you're shooting so much slower. So the balls that, that you did shoot in a, in a one-on-one, they, they had to be even more accurate because you'd mm-hmm. only get the chance to shoot one or yeah. two. Um, um, but as soon as the electronics came into it and then you say you shot intimidators so you'll mm-hmm. know what intimidators are like even in semi-auto they're not really semi-auto <laughs> yeah yeah so, so and then it becomes questionable then you got the whole you know the 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 old mppl robot trying to prove that a gun was semi-auto when it was semi-auto and then you got cheater modes and uh. so i could see I, it was quite easy to see where the progression was and, and where why we ended up where we were 
yeah. uh, where we are, sorry, with, with having the ramping mode because it makes it easy to go, okay, three trigger pulls and then we're into ramping mode and this is the rate of fire and that's it. Whereas in, in the, the bad old days, or the good old days, but now you're looking at it, it was like, I pulled the trigger three times, we've got 20 balls have come out yeah. and, it, and it's at 25 balls a second. <laughs> and you've got people going, how's that even possible? This is supposed to be semi-auto and, yeah. and it's not. So Yeah, but, but I think... I, th- I think the argument too could be, you know, back then we didn't have the technology to be able to catch that. It was more or less just kind yeah, of, yeah. I, he sounds like he's shooting fast. Let me take his marker, yeah. bump the back yeah. of the tank and see if it shoots. And I was like, that's not a yeah. very solid like yeah. test. It was like, oh, it shot. I was like, well, of yeah. course, like the way I set my trigger up is, you know, it it's an eighth of an inch of travel or yeah. whatever. And if you smack yeah. the ass end of that tank, it's obviously going to shoot because I'm, yeah. you know, because I'm not a big fan of, I don't want to say I'm a big fan. I guess I just don't really use the magnetic side of of the trigger. I'm more of yeah. straight micro switch pressure. Micro switch, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. So it's like, yeah. it's very light. And uh, if, yeah, if you smack the end of that, tr- that tank, it's obviously going to go off, but it doesn't mean that it's yeah. bouncing. Like I, I never, yeah, yeah. when I first started shooting the, the Egos, those were the ones I, I've never had a cheater board, even in the in the Intimidator. Like I never I never had a cheater board. It was still a stock board, but I only shot that thing for maybe yeah. six months. But then um, uh, when I first got the uh, the Ego, it was it was all stock boards ever since then. I've always shot your guys. Yeah, boards. Yeah. I may have shot a different barrel here and there, but yeah, I maybe once or twice, but I've always shot stock stuff of your guys's and I just set it up to where I could shoot fast. I made it a skill to shoot fast. Yeah, I don't, yeah. And, uh, now I feel like if we capped it at like 15 to where it's nothing crazy and, and we make it to where you will know when somebody's shooting way faster than, than what they should. And just make, yeah. the, make the penalty. I, Bart and I talked about this, make the penalty and the repercussions for doing something like that suspended for two tournaments or 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 yeah. something but if we can bring that skill back in and and have it be not just so easy i mean that's the biggest thing for me is it's just it's so easy and and i just i'm mm-hmm. just shooting semi-auto so i mean that's i guess yeah. the moral yeah. of the story <laughs> yeah have you played any mechanical stuff um i have a little bit and i shot i shot an auto cocker um a little bit, but I'm a huge yeah. fan. I don't have one yet. I plan on getting one hopefully soon. But I'm a giant, giant fan of your guys's frame on that on yeah. the G Mac or the, on the G Mac. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God! I uh, uh, Jacko had me shoot one at World Cup last year. He just he shot the one with the oh, right, muffler yeah. on it. Yeah, this is amazing. This if, if yeah. I had this, I would shoot this over every. I wanted to, and Bruno <laughs> wouldn't let me. I wanted to shoot it in a game at the tournament, but he wasn't. He wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, but so, it seems like that that is going it's going back to that as it seems such a popular thing at the moment. Yeah, I mean it it, it must be a thing because we, we make two guns that they're mechanical now, and we haven't <laughs> yeah. done that for like fifteen years. What's your other uh, so, mechanical? Um, so that's the so it's an Ether two, basically with a mechanical grip frame. So that's the Emec. So is that like your uh, your everyday field like rental marker that you guys make? Is it with that? Yeah, so it's like or? a, so it's like a, it's a field. Well, it's a field marker. We've got it. It's it's in final stages of testing in loads of fields across the well, across the US, around the world, Australia, America, Europe, mm-hmm. um, Russia, everywhere. Uh, but it's also like an entry level mechanical gun for us. 
but it's uh, so basically the top half is all uh, an ether two, so it's a gamma core, the same as exactly the same what's in a GTEC, and even like is it is the, the the prelude to what is now in the CS two. Yeah. Um, so the top half is exactly the same as a, an ether two, but it just has a mechanical trigger frame instead of having a um, an electronic trigger frame. Hmm. So, uh, so it works just the same as a GMEC. Yeah. So, but it's got a hinge trigger instead of a slide trigger, and it's all polymer. So, yeah, I need to. It's going to be mega. I would definitely shoot more, uh, or I would I would enter into more uh, mechanical tournaments once I uh, once I yeah. get my hands on one of those GMAX. Those things are nasty. But yeah. so how did um how did the LV come about? I I know how the ego came about. You guys wanted to you guys wanted yeah. to produce your own product, marker wise. Uh, but how did what was the evolution like to the LV platform? Um. So I think what we got, got up to Ego 11, um, and we said, I think it was at Ego, yeah, round about Ego 11, we said we're not going to do any more yearly releases, not going to do any more annual releases, we're going to wait until we've got something major. Yeah. Um, then, what was it? We, we had the, uh, we had the Geo um, at the time. What Geo year was three. it when it came out? Uh Nine? You Americans, you're all obsessed with years. I'm sorry, I, I that's, that's, that's how I keep track <laughs> in, of my career. In England, like... <laughs> yeah, in, in England, we just don't do that at all. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, I struggle to remember what year I was born, uh, <laughs> let alone what I was doing in, you know, 1994 or something. I couldn't tell you how old I was then. Um, I shot a uh, prototype, so, that's the thing. I remember I was on Infamous. I think it was 2009 because I shot... A, yeah, a... somewhere around about there, yeah, because I think 09 and the and the uh, Geo came out the same year. Yeah, yeah. So end of 2008. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but uh, we got to the generation three and put the, um, like we had on, um, on the Ego 11, we put flow control, uh, the SFR on the Geo to control the bolt speed. Yeah. To the uh, trigger, the trigger guard. Yeah. Yeah, the trigger guard, trigger. yeah. Um, so we had that and, um, became obvious that depending on how, um, how slow or how fast you allow the valve to open or the bolt to move, uh, change the the feel and the sound of the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you could literally just sit there and turn it, and you get a different sound and a different feel, and turn the other way, a different sound, different feel. And that got thinking about, okay, so if we could replicate something like that um, uh, in the um, in the ego platform, and what we actually wanted to do was try and slow down uh, the speed that the valve was opening. So, the slower you open the valve. Um, the quieter the pitch and the softer the feel of the gun because you're mm-hmm. accelerating the ball slower down the barrel rather than popping the ball down the barrel you you're boosting it down the barrel if you like you're gently pushing um, it out the yes barrel. <laughs> yeah 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 with berries and, yes with feather fingers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh so i wanted to do that and i thought okay well um uh, it depends how technical you want to get here because the the what what um oh hold on I'm still there? Yep, yeah, I'm still here. Cool. My battery's about to die. I'm gonna have to speed it up. <laughs> um, uh, so we needed to uh, uh, split up the the bolt speed and the valve speed because you need a certain bolt speed uh, pushing the ball into the barrel. But then when you mm-hmm. open the valve, uh, you wanted to you want we wanted to open it at a different speed. Um, obviously, when the bolt and the ram are connected together, uh, the bolt speed is directly connected to the valve opening speed so right. i needed to put a device in between the valve and the and the rammer to get a differential 
uh, and uh, came up with a lever idea, put mm-hmm. the lever in, and it worked the first time. And the, uh, I've, I've said it a few times, but the first time um, got the prototype in, it was an Ego 11 body, um, built it all together, pulled the trigger and went, shit, it's not worked. Took it down to the chrono, fired a paint and went, Sure, I really thought this was going to work. That was going to be amazing. And then I just uh, plonked onto the chrono and fired it, and the ball came out 350 feet per second. And I looked at it and went, dropped a few more balls in 350, 360, 350. And the gun didn't feel like, you know, shooting an LV is like. It's just oh, yeah. like, it's like nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. And you, you're constantly just chronoing to make sure that it's actually full velocity. Yeah. And it was just like, and it was, it, it was quiet. It was quiet too. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. That's, that's this whole thing because it just went do do do, and you fired it. Just went, dun, 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 mm-hmm. went. I thought I honestly thought it was shooting like one twenty, one thirty, <laughs> and then Kroner is three fifty, and I just ran out of the test room. We ran, everybody, come and see this. Come and see this. <laughs> so um, and grabbed everybody in, and it was just oh, that's unbelievable. And, and that was it. They just knew we had a winner at that point, and that's yeah. why it's changed so little from from the original LV. You know, the the actual. Um, you know the volume of the valve chamber, the uh, the dynamics of the lever, the rammer bolt. None of that's really changed because it just works so well. And, and coming back to your original point, it doesn't need changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we changed the bits around it. We could put different grips on it, and you know we, we tweaked it and we've made it lighter and 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 sleeker. Yeah. But the the gun just works, and it's really one of those where I could do an LV2, and uh, but. The LV1's just so good. That platform just works so well. Yeah. And it's been borne out by this year how many how many pro players again have come back to it and and are using it in the NXL. And it's uh, it's almost like it got forgotten about. And then guys like you have come back and gone, hey, don't forget about this because it's actually really really good. Yeah. Um, and then you know you, you've got the guys going and shooting them mm-hmm. again. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think a lot of people. Uh, it's like it's like we said. I think a lot of people just got caught up in the nostalgia of of the new marker every year, uh, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, which there's there's nothing wrong with that. And you know, and you, there was a big jump from the Geo to the CS uh, the CS one, right? Yeah, it was yeah. CS one, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. And I, and I think uh, not not that there was not that there were bugs in the beginning of what I heard of people complaining about um, with the LV, but I just think people just they weren't. I don't think they were ready for it. I mean, I, I, th- I think you guys had something that you, it was like, th- here's the new thing. I mean, this is the new thing. Try it out. I knew yeah. right away. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. about anybody else, but I knew right away. And I think some people had a little bit of trouble with them because I think they were so tinkerable, you know, if yes. that's a word. And I yeah, think, so adjustable. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think that's a big risk take on your guys' part because, I mean, yeah, putting yeah. that in the, in the hands of the consumer, I mean, they could just, oh, yeah, it works like shit. And, I mean, they're yeah. the ones that are tweaking everything. And um, yeah. which is a big risk. Yeah, because obviously, obviously yeah, our the, you know we 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 built the ego on on being like a bulletproof bulletproof reliable gun, yeah. and we didn't let people adjust anything. Or if they could adjust it, they couldn't adjust it to the point where it wouldn't work anymore. And right. we still do that to a to a degree. It's very hard to get an LV so it doesn't actually work. Yeah, um, you can adjust everything so out of whack that it it's not efficient and sounds horrible and feels horrible yeah but it'll still work still fire a paintball at the end of the day mm-hmm. um so we we do st- we, we we still 
control the parameter, the, the, the range of all the parameters. So you can't ever screw the LPR all the way in so it doesn't fire. Right. Um, uh, that kind of thing. You, you know, even with the flow controls, you can turn it, but you can't turn it so it dies. Right. Um, it's still user-proof. Yeah, you, you can make, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it won't shoot as nice as it if you, you know, set it to your kind of standards. So Yeah, I'm telling you, people, if you're... If you listen to this, man, give it a go. So that's yeah. that's all I'm going to say about the LV series. I enjoy okay. it thoroughly. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the new uh, about the new CS2. I know I know yep. they're now just getting available um, for people to purchase. Yeah, everything. yeah, we started shipping. Uh, people started buying them and popping up on the uh, on the internet with uh, the the first guns. I think last week was pretty much the first deliveries went out, and uh, we'll be shipping every week from now on. Yeah, so, I, I know the, yeah, the yeah. aftershock ones look look nasty they're, they're, they're awesome. oh yeah yeah i love that yeah, it's a full anodizing good. all the way around too yeah because that's a proper old school splash mm-hmm. so that that was quite quite a, a, a good idea going for that it was something different yeah 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 so yeah, what's yeah. what's what are some big yeah i well and i think what's cool about it i think it's not it's not super flashy it's very like nope. a low-key flash for me so i don't mind yep. i don't mind shooting it so it's yeah, yeah. I don't like I don't like being too. And the the, the LVs that you because you obviously did the LVs and the CS2s at the same time to match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they look they look good yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. So so what's the yeah. some what are some big differences, or uh, yeah, what are some big big differences between the 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 CS1 or CS1.5 to this new CS2 platform? Uh, so the the main difference is um, the well, it feels completely different. But that's a that's actually a, a smaller tweak than you think to make it feel so different. Um, but the the main big thing is that the drivetrain is different. So uh, where the CS1 and 1.5 had an Ivy core, uh, this has now got um, a new version of the Gamma core. So we call it the GP for Gamma Pro core. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a version of the Gamma core. So it has. Um, it works off the same basic principles as the GTEC and the uh, and the Ether, uh, but in a much more refined package. Um, yeah. And we've, it's tailored much more for a, a high-end feel. So it's super smooth, super gentle on paint, um, and really efficient. Yeah. So, it, but that's the that's the main thing. Then what we did with the um, with the with the gun to change the feel is we actually a CS1. Uh, grip angle is much steeper at the back here we yeah. just rotated the grips round and it actually feels much more i mean have you picked one up and oh you it's way one thinner way th- that was one of yeah, my big so, things with so, the cs1 was that the grip was fat yeah so so the grips are uh, much much thinner. it's actually the same frame underneath so these grips will fit onto a cs1 and so you can make a cs1 feel the same thickness as this really uh but what you can't do with a cs uh one is change the grip angle so we've gone from an angle up here to an angle down here mm-hmm. uh, which gives it a much more straight feel that, that you'll be more used to this is much similar to a uh, uh like an lv or a, a go3 angle yeah. at the back of the frame so it's more of a squared off feel front and back as mm-hmm. opposed to a like a laid back feel that a, a cs1 has hmm. um then obviously we've got the new uh, adjustable trigger, the reach adjustable trigger, so you can actually change the angle of the, the, of the trigger shoot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, can you put that trigger then, uh, in an LV, or no. or is it a different? Uh, different yeah, it's machine? completely different. Completely different configuration. Gotcha. So the way that the trigger's held in, um, the uh, activation points different because the the uh, the micro switch is now up here on a circuit board inside here. Oh really? Uh, as opposed to obviously on an LV, the micro switch is down here. So the activation. Yeah. 
fit it on the on the triggers up here. See, I haven't taken one of those apart yet, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like the, yeah, I like the uh, new ejection from the, uh, uh, for the batteries. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, nice that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, that's something we wanted to do because we had a on the uh, on the CS1 the batteries went in from the front and the back. Mm-hmm. Um, what we had is um, particularly on the, uh, people spinning on the start gate is they grab hold of the uh, and as they as they spin they'd actually pull on the foregrip to bring the gun down. It tweaks the battery. Uh, and as they uh, as they pull on the foregrip the rubber was gripping the batteries and dislodging the battery and actually switching the gun off. <laughs> so that's now all in case. So the batteries yeah. are. Like you say, go in there, like a magazine cartridge in the bottom. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a cool little feature. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised to be to be perfectly honest that some of the players haven't taken the foregrip off and just wrapped some tape around here and just been playing, you know, tag style. Yeah, right. I mean, because a lot of people do that to even the LVs and the, and the older GOs. I know. Yeah, they, yeah. They tear yeah, those take apart. the rubber off and put a bit of hockey tape around there. There is one thing that I that I would like to see incorporated into the LV series that the CS series has is a little spot for extra uh, ball detents. Oh, detents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can do that. That's no problem. I, and that's what I thought. I was like, this could be a nice little feature because I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously, you need to uh, still take it apart with tools. It's not. It's not as uh, yeah, tool free as tool-less. the CS yeah. series. But I yeah. mean, I, and me personally, I keep a little parts bag and everything in my. In, in my bag yeah um but some people obviously don't do that not everybody I think, does i think yeah, i think a cool part would be definitely putting those those detents in there yeah yeah good um, idea. yes are there any new products that you can talk about uh at the moment or is the cs2 kind of the the, the new the new thing um, that's out there to talk about yeah obviously um the cs2 is a, our new high-end Mm-hmm. There's nothing really that's in the works in in our high end. Our, we're actually the, the mechanical stuff is almost taken taken over a bit for us. Yeah, uh, and like I was just saying, like the, this EMEC, um, this is like a new interest for us. This yeah. is quite nice to go and actually do something different for a change. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I suppose. Uh, you can expect to see a bit more stuff based around this kind of thing from us in the future. Yeah. Um, and I think the feedback that we've got from this has been it's been so refreshing. Um, the fields that have been using it, um, you know, uh, it, uh, it's been said a lot of times, but they're, they're, it, a lot of the fields coming back saying this is a game changer. This is. This is a product that fields have been waiting for for years. Yeah, it's going to change the experience uh, for new players coming into the sport, uh, and that's actually really exciting because I think it's great having all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But without new players coming into the sport, this stuff's going to be there's going to be no need for this at some right, point. Right. So, so you know, putting all the, uh, the all the experience we've had from years of building really high end stuff. Um, you know, right at the pinnacle of the sport, and trying to bring that down to um, entry level. And we've, we've slowly been working down. You know, we had the ego, uh, and then we'd have like the E-Tech, yeah. Um, and then we had the Ether, and now we've got Ether Two, we've got the G-Tech. So we, we're covering a broad spectrum, but we've never done something right down at the 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 the, the entry level. Yeah. Um, and the the field, the feedback from the fields has been: this is something that we've been waiting for for years it's you know 
because it's got a gamma core in there, it's really efficient. So the players, when they're out there, they're not running out of paint. Um, it'll shoot the crappiest field paint that we get uh, because it's got a gamma core in it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you know, this will this will shoot paint that you'd shoot an Excel because right. it's got a gamma core system in it. Um, sl super slow, gentle bolt acceleration um, and low operating pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's rugged. You can jet wash it and throw it in the in a in a tub and then, you know, use it a weekend after. Um, it'll work when it's, you know, like 20 Fahrenheit or, or 140 Fahrenheit. It doesn't make any difference because yeah. it's the gamma core and it's, it, it's what we've proved and tested over years in the, in the G-Tech. Um, it's going to so, give a, a Tipman 98 Custom a, a run for its money pretty much. Exactly, exactly. And, it, uh, you know, and it, um, I mean, it looks good. It feels good. It's light. Uh, the kids love it because, it, you know, it, it feels nice. It's got slim grips and it's, so that's actually quite that, that's a bit more exciting for me at the moment yeah. trying to do something completely different you know and out of my comfort zone if you like um that's it that's it's way exciting we've got a, we've got a load of cool stuff that's going to be coming in in for, for that kind of range i think yeah and it needs to be pretty much built as a tank i mean because it needs to with yeah, yeah. With, with hand your uh it needs to be able to stand up to the kids yep. throwing them down in the dirt and this and that, but still be gentle enough to be able to shoot paint because I mean, even though exactly. they don't, they don't care how straight the ball shoots. Uh, you yep. at least want to be able to shoot, you know, yeah, you know, either shit paint or good paint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's got to come out of the gun. So yeah, so that that's really exciting, and and um, you know, as a whole company, we're actually very excited about that about that project. Yeah, uh, and that and that uh, and that really has all come about from the resurgence of, of the mechanical um scene yeah uh just from last year just from like the iron classic last year mm -hmm. um and us going uh, well me saying oh we've got the we've got the g-tech and uh, i reckon i can make this a really good mechanical gun and yeah. then making the, that the, the g-mex slider frame now actually going well that's exactly the same bolt system that we have in the in the ether 2 yeah there's no reason why that can't be a really good mechanical gun and we've been asked for years to make a field gun, and it's just like, oh, we can't do it, we can't do it. It's just like, and then all of a sudden we've got, you know, Ether 2, which has got a polymer construction, uh, which means that you can be made at very reasonable cost, especially when you get to high volumes. Yeah. You know, we talk about field guns, you're talking about selling lots of units. Then it makes it really um, economically viable to do something like that. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, okay, so you've got to make a really simple barrel. It's just like a... 10-inch one-piece barrel mm -hmm. with minimal machining, but that's just to keep the price down. But then you don't need a two-piece, you know, multi-board barrel for a, <laughs> a, a field rental gun, do you? So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then you do things like you take the pops off. It hasn't got a, hasn't got an on-off anymore. It's just a screw in ASA, just old-fashioned thing. Oh wow, yeah. Um, so and it's then just you've got a great, yeah, yeah, super simple and reliable, and that's and that's what fields want. They don't want to be spending hours maintaining this stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, I know it's probably not the kind of thing you want to talk oh, no, about. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but no. I think it, I think it is, a, and the more I've got into, the more I've been working on it, the the more it's become clear that um, it it's important for the sport that that people who go and play on a field for the first time that they have a good experience. Absolutely. I watched um, one of the things that came across was, um, in in my bit of research I was doing. I was just skimming through YouTube like I do, uh, and there's one of these YouTubers who's got 
like 10 gazillion subscribers mm -hmm. and he's got my first paintball experience is one of his his videos the english guy and he's gone with his brother for his brother's his younger brother's birthday party um and he's paid for an upgrade gun um and this thing's got like 10 million views um for his subscribers and he goes out and starts playing and his gun breaks within 30 seconds of starting and then he spends like five minutes like trying to get the gun to work and calling oh, for reps geez. like this doesn't look good no you know it's uh, and, and that's like okay we need to do something about this this is the experience people are getting and this is the experience that these youtubers and people are portraying to people it's like why would i go and spend money doing that yeah and it's just it's it's not good for the sport and then it then it doesn't benefit you it doesn't benefit me mm -hmm. so it's nice to be able to do something that hopefully uh, has a positive in, in impact at the um at, at the lower end and getting new people into the sport and that's yeah. what we need yeah, and I and I think from 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 that field marker to a, the the GMEC is a a great platform to switch over to maybe get a little bit more yeah. serious. And I think the I think the GMEC is a great platform uh, and stepping stone to the higher end markers. Yeah, well, that, obviously that that helps. If it's like anything else, if you have a good experience with a, a particular brand, then you're more likely to stay with them. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're always about obviously our job is to retain our customers um otherwise we won't have a job yeah. um so it, for me it's always about uh, it's it's a full it should be the full experience so this, first of all you pick a gun up you get a new gun and not many people like you take it apart the first thing they do <laughs> uh, most people just pick it up and screw a tank on it and load it and expect it to work so the yeah. first thing is it's got to work when they take it out of a box and then it's got to work pretty much in any condition and it's got to work no matter what they do to it mm -hmm. um, and how they abuse it or, or neglect it because a lot of people don't look after their equipment yeah um, and then if you can do that and then if something does go wrong then you support it um, and it, it's stupid old well, it's not a stupid old that is but you know treat somebody as you'd expect to be treated yourself you know yeah biblical common sense um, you know common yeah. sense so if I've got something that's and it's broken, um, I'd expect somebody to look after it for me. I'd expect, expect somebody to fix it, or, or at least show some interest in in look in looking after me as a customer. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I try and approach everything. So that's why you see me on the forums, you see me on Facebook, you see me doing these kinds of things because I think it's important that people know that um, you know that, that are, you know we care. All of us here, all the guys here, you've known us for a long time. Yeah, um, that we really care about the players and and that uh and that they're, they're, they're having fun at the end of the day they're, they're just playing people are going out and playing paintball if they're doing it with our kit then that's fantastic if they're just going out and using somebody else's kit i don't care as long as they're having fun yeah I, i've got no, no 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 beef to grind against anybody in the industry mm -hmm. um and you know it, if if the sport grows it benefits us all um yeah but at the end of the day i just want people to go and have fun and, and if they use our equipment if they have a problem with it i want to be able to come to you know, if you have to, you can come to me and say, hey, Jack, I bought this and, you know, I've got this problem with it. And then no problem. If I can't fix it, I probably won't be able to, you know, directly send something to you. But I can put you in touch with X, Y and Z. And, and you know, Aaron or Jerry in America will look after you. And, and well, there you go. There's their email address. There's their telephone number. You phone them and they'll sort you out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just being able to communicate with you with your customers at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with 
I mean, you, you guys are players yourselves. I mean, you, you came from yeah, yeah. And, and you know how much fun it is and what it takes and and how frustrating it is when equipment doesn't work. And you yeah, guys, exactly. it's not like you guys are some outside company that just doesn't know anything about it and then, you know, use our product and just do this. I mean, there's a lot that goes into yeah. it. There's great customer service. There's there there's there's marketing. Yeah. There, there's there's so much uh, care that goes into a great product and you guys have just, you know, encompassed that whole thing. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things besides that, you know, your guys' products are amazing. Uh, the other thing is great customer service. And, and I yeah. think something like that goes way above and beyond what, uh, what a lot of people think. And yeah. I mean, seeing, seeing a, a green shirt in the pits at every single yeah. one of our matches and seeing yeah, yeah. you, you know, there as well in the, in the background answering questions and doing anything I think is, I think is one major reason why, uh, you guys who you are, who you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, and it, you know, it's easy to say, it's easy for me to sit here and, you know, design stuff on my computer, uh, and say, go and make that. Um, which is fun. But it, yeah, that's fun. And it's great. <laughs> and I've been doing it for 20 odd years and yeah. still really enjoy it. And I don't want any other job. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all those techs that are out there that, you know, do 14, 15 hour days in a mm -hmm. paintball field somewhere or at, at a scenario event in, you know, Oklahoma or wherever. And, yeah. um, you know, it's those guys that are really the, the heart of the company. Uh, they're the ones that keep the customers coming back to us more than anything else. Because right. like you say, having that green shirt there, um, it means a lot, even if you, you know, you do a 48 hour scenario event and you'll walk past that guy, you know, 20 times over the weekend and you may give him a wave and say hi, uh, but you haven't actually given him your gun to fix because it's worked great all weekend. But you know that if anything goes wrong, he's there for you. Great insurance. It's a bit, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a nice thing to know. And, it, it, you know, it, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling to know that those guys put in those hours doing that for us. And, and that's a big part of our brand. Uh, and a big part of our brand loyalty comes from having that support. Yeah. Make sure you keep yeah. them in green shirts, too. It makes it easy to find. I know. They're, no. they're super that easy to clever, find. That was clever, even yeah. though even though i i need them very rarely but they are yeah. they are super easy to find and everybody that i've dealt with even at that level uh that technician yeah. level um yeah has been everything yeah everything helpful yeah 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 well yeah. jack yeah. i uh, i have to uh go to the nine to five unfortunately yeah. but yeah. um but I appreciate it. I'm surprised Leds or you know or, or Jacko didn't swing into the frame or anything like that. I know. I, know. I was waiting for it. But, Leds, uh, Leds normally sticks his head in the door when I'm doing something like <laughs> this, just to, just to throw me off cue. Well, well, no, he must be busy doing something else. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, I, I really appreciate no it. Thank you very much for having me. If you ever need a guinea pig for anything, you know, obviously shipping is not cheap. But if you ever need a guinea pig or, <laughs> or anything, any kind of... Uh, input. Uh, I am. I am more than happy to to help out. You guys have helped me out through Thank the years, much. and uh, and I've I've enjoyed every no single. It's been great. Every oh yeah, the relationship has been amazing, and I, I was yep. very fortunate to be able to. Every pro team I've been on, I think every single pro team I've been on has been a planet team, and I think that's. Yeah. I think it's something. Um, it was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it's been great. So Good. so thank you much, uh, so much for sitting thank down you. and. Um, Hopefully no we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Yep, catch you again soon. Hi right, man, see ya. Cheers mate.
my dog enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> He's rolling around over here on the ground. Uh, thank you so much, Jack Wood. Had a great time. Uh, I loved hearing the story. It was, it was cool how uh, Planet Eclipse and himself kind of just became this thing. You know, how he was young and this... It's great. It was a great story, man. I, I I love hearing stuff like that from guys who've been in the industry uh, for as long as he has, and and uh, and it's great to hear. So uh, thank you, Jack. Also, a big thank you to our sponsors, uh, Carbon Paintball. If you want to see any of the uh, the SC gear or the new CC line, make sure you head to CarbonPaintball.com. And uh, if you type in the promo code capital T P O P at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. So thank you to Carbon Paintball. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, who uh, Mike over there, Mike Thompson, he is, you know, a uh, a headgear guru. He has been making uh, headbands and head wraps for a very long time now, and uh, and I, I'm really trying to help him. Uh, get out there because it's like the quality is like the old sandana stuff and 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 the old headbands of 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 back then there's no sublimation there's no nothing like that it's all it's all hand sewn high quality durable headbands which i love so uh thank you to charm city paintball also brought to you by ck fight life and um if you guys need any information on uh, on CK Fight Life, you can go ahead and go to their uh, go to their Facebook ckfightlife.com, or you can call Tony 951-219-5045, and you can ask him all kinds of questions about paintball, about the laser engraving for your marker, or about jujitsu, and um, and they can uh, they can help you out. Like I said, give Tony a call. Tell him Carl from the paint the playing on podcast sent ya and uh big thank you also to planet eclipse for uh supporting not only this podcast but myself and uh, all the teams that i have played for for my entire pro career yeah I'm, I've, I've shot planet for uh, forever so uh thank you planet so much um you know thank you not only for for the support but also for uh for coming out with just amazing markers year after year um very much appreciated Thank you to our sponsors. And also, as all of you know, I love to thank you guys for listening because, you know, if if it wasn't for the listeners out there, then uh, there would be nobody to share these stories with. So I, I thank you guys for listening. And remember, please do not text and drive. Make sure you keep your eyes on the road. We are the reason why the roads are dangerous. And uh, I, I want everybody to go home in one piece, especially... You know, not every paintball field is, you know, right down the street from everybody. I know uh, I have at least a two and a half hour drive if I want to play at a paintball field with a tournament tournament field. So I, I know it's even longer for some people, but um, I got to go four hours for Chicago for practices. But uh, but I mean, the point is, please, the, the podcast platform is great because it doesn't have to. It doesn't take your eyes. It doesn't avert your eyes away from the road. And, uh, and we just. I, I, I need really everybody to really focus on this. It's very, very important. I love all you guys. I want everybody to be safe. And uh, please, don't text and drive. Get home safe. Safe travels, everybody. And we will see you here again soon on the Playing Out Podcast. Peace. <laughs>